Five o'clock, dude. On my clock. Okay, you ready? Sure. Yeah, I think they'll work. Hey, how are you guys doing? This is Adam Tajadine, your host for the Ultra Perform Show, the show about business, performing your best at business and life. And today I have a very special guest, Chris. He is one of my mentors. I don't know if he realizes that. Do you realize that, Chris? I, uh, I'm sad for you. <laughs> He's one of my mentors. I notice when I have a mentor on here, I get a little nervous. I'm like, oh, oh no. Right, right. What's he going to say? <laughs> after, after we're done, he'll send me like an email with a list of things I need to work on. That's me. That's so particular. <laughs> Uh, so Chris, I met him at a uh, CEO space business networking event. He's the founder of Music Wizard, an amazingly simple music video game system that allows virtually anyone, even toddlers, to play and read real music on real instruments in minutes, not months, guaranteed. And uh, when I was engaged, uh, our son, my former future not stepson, uh, he, he, because we didn't make it to a marriage. Uh, sorry, it didn't work out. He was great. Yeah, he was, Aiden's great. He's, he's around now. You should see him. He's, he's huge. He's almost as big as I am. He's 15, like, but anyway, eight, six, seven, eight, uh, six, seven, eight through there, but he was awesome. Uh, so where were we? So he loved that game. He loved it. Yeah, he loved it. He was sitting there playing with it. He was like perfect for what you said, like what you actually said was a reality, and we got to see that. And that was one of the great things that we got to see at CEO Space is a lot of the things that people's dreams, when they actually put them in play like you did, it becomes real, and it's actually what we want it to be. Sometimes, of course, as you know, we hit bumps on the road or cliffs. Oh, yeah, yeah. Great. Um, so, uh, first of all, could you tell us, like, why why did you start this company and what brought you to it? What did you do before that? Well, I, in, the, in the past, I, uh, I was not raised with, like, a traditional music lessons, right? I, in fact, my mom tried to give me piano lessons when I was, like, 10, hmm. and I fled. I went out and wanted to play football, baseball, basketball, anything but piano but into my teens I started to regret that and kind of got really fascinated with music and wished I could play and uh, I took uh, I was in college and I took a group piano class and it turned out I had a, like a genius level piano teacher in this group piano class he wasn't a private teacher he was just really innovative really he's the true piano wizard his name is Don Baby hmm. and he really inspired me and I learned a lot in a short time. Um, he had a, a real improvisational style. I ended up playing a Bach fugue in like two years and from zero, right? You well, what does that what does that mean? To the someone that doesn't know that doesn't know anything about piano, what does that mean? So Bach, one of the greatest composers ever, 
I thought this is a this is a very fertile, rich environment. How, how long how long have you been doing this now? It's been fifteen years. Uh, wow! I, right, so wow, right? Mm-hmm. But at the time, I was really raw. I had one business with a, a couple of other guys uh, doing trade shows, and that's what kind of inspired me. I thought if we could build this, we could sell it at trade shows. I really didn't know much. In fact, my nickname for that company was LCM Incorporated, Larry Curley and Mo, my, my two partners. We were really good at selling, but really bad at business. And it, it crashed after about 15 now, months. Now, tell us, tell us what you mean by that. How can you be really good at selling and bad at business? Administration, uh, management. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are squirrels, right? That still was one of the big challenges. Is to people are squirrels. How to get the most out of people, right? And, and then when you start succeeding, all this kind of status and competition comes in, and people, you know, undermining the others, and you're not expecting that. You're thinking everyone's going to be great, and fine. No. <laughs> what? And it's literally like he took my candy stuff, right? And you're like, I thought I heard grown-ups, and and often it's just a very capable people. Oh, you crack me up. Look at our look at our new uh, tagline. People are squirrels. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Well, you know, and so that that was a challenge. That was one of the challenges. But um, you know, these two partners of mine were also very good at selling, but they were not good at managing people. They were not good at managing money. We we just imploded, right? And that we did a million dollars worth of revenue in 14 months because we were so good at selling, and we collapsed a few months after that because we were so bad at organizing people and Ourselves. What was the what was the product at that time? At the time, we we bought uh, uh, software at a discount and sold it at trade shows, like like a mm. a flea market, but for software. Mm. And we knew the products very well. And sure, we sure. What they needed, and um, you know, we had some good suppliers, and then they then we didn't right. We didn't know how to get new ones, and so it was, we were pretty amateur. So this so that led you into this. show could be because you've got people face to face that come in there you can demonstrate we were demonstrating the voice recognition software was at an early stage mm-hmm. we got oem versions and we could demonstrate it and sell it and make a nice profit so i thought with piano with you could demonstrate it as you saw with your you know future not to be son but um adopt a stepson whatever yeah. that long thing was yeah that's
joining of getting a, a kind of set of business principles that were much bigger than just a flea market kind of operation meant that I could now go and uh, raise capital and I'd never done that before and uh, like I said I, I was able to do that because I had the selling background and then I went and uh, designed the software uh, actually mm -hmm. Randy Kraft you might remember him uh, helped me immensely get that all organized but, but raising capital is much different than sales I have to say that because I'm great at sales and I've raised capital but it's a whole it different it's a whole different monster sales techniques with this other job and I couldn't use them mm -hmm. raising capital. Yeah. Like tight homes and closes because in oh. raising capital they're re you're really invited to be part of your capital family. And yeah. They're going to be with you for years. It's not like 90 days you can get your money back. No, you cannot. Tyrus can return. You might mm -hmm. lose some or all your money. So you needed to kind of disqualify people. That was the one thing I knew how to do. I was able to disqualify people that were not qualified either financially psychologically or you know they just didn't understand the whole process I, I, I would not or or I, I love the way you're saying it also they might be, become a pain later not because uh, well, not because of anything specifically but uh, fear. fear sure fear or just whatever the personalities might not match would be a way to the nice way to say it almost everyone in the world loves music I met an investor candidate who did not like music, didn't care for it. Well, I disqualified him. I was like, how, how the hell are you going to... You know, he thought that we would make a lot of money because lots of other people like music. But I was like, it's like having... It's like meeting baristas that don't drink coffee. Well, yeah. Something like that. Right? Yeah, that sure. Something, you're not in alignment. It's not going to go smoothly and they're not going to get it. So that was the big thing. And then I was able to, because I... Uh, very passionate about this. I've been thinking about it for years. And here's the thing. My, that piano teacher I told you about, mm -hmm. he opened up an incredible world for me, right? I mean, it literally, learning to play music and, and be able to play the Bach and show WC and all these things changed me almost on a DNA level. Mm -hmm. Like, I looked at life differently. I, look, I have a very musical, spiritual philosophy, right? That vibration is the primary plane. And matter is the secondary plane, right? Mm -hmm. So if vibration is the primary plane, the music is really the language of that primary plane, right? And there, there's something about that harmony. And it, uh, I have a lot of different things that just, you know. So when I meet someone, I'm, you know, I try and harmonize with them literally on a vibrational level. I mean, that was the profound effect music had on me. It was a great gift that he gave to me. And then I had this insight about the game. I thought, wow, we could have millions of people discover that musicality inside of them that I had been on the outside looking in as a teenager. I wished I could play. When I finally learned to play, it was such a blessing. I thought, I, this is what I should do. I, this is my mission, to bring kind of the music into the world. Well, tell, tell us about the game and tell us how it works, the neuroscience of it. Is actually extremely simple, almost like a Tetris game. Mm -hmm. You've got a color coded keyboard at the top of the screen, and you get color coded stickers that you put on your digital keyboard, and the digital keyboard plugs in with a USB cord, so it acts like a joystick. So there's game objects that start, try and show the, the screen here. Game objects start and they move up the screen, say a, a turtle, you know, see 
key on, on my keyboard. That simple, like one-to-one, -one, and you can see it coming up, right? Um, and so the sequence of those turtles is actually MIDI notes, right? So when I hit that note, then this turns into a song as the kids play. Yeah. Because of the hand-eye coordination, they they know when to hit it because of the timing, and mm. they know which one because I've color-coded all of the chromatic uh, scale. There's 12 colors. And so literally there's no turtle the same as another turtle except in the next octave, and you can see it the way it orientates, which which key, you're, and there's a line going up so mm. they can test it. So very quickly they get in alignment, and they're able to play songs like literally seconds and because of the knowing which note when they can they get very high scores initially like 80 90 percent on their first tries right then what we do is we rotate the screen counterclockwise and the keyboard is now on the side and the game objects come across and this basically then and then we just play the game again so level two they have to play the same song they got 80%. Now it's going this way. And we thought this was going to be the toughest thing that we had to do a very gradual transition or something. Mm. No, we did that. We could just tilt their head and kids get that line. But now they see how music notation orientates pitch vertically and how the piano relates to that. High is right is high, left is low. This is all subconscious. The kids are just doing this because they want to get the turtles, right? Mm. Then at that stage three, we take the turtles and we turn them into color-coded musical notes on a staff. I remember that. Right? Now yeah. they see how music notation represents the song they already know how to play. So this is where the linguistics comes in. We learn to speak first, then we learn to read words we already know. So they learn to play first, and then to read music that they already know. Mm. That happens so much faster than deciphering, going from the notation backwards, which is the traditional, right? right? So in a traditional piano lesson, you have a bunch of theory. Every good boy does fine, with sharps and flats, key signatures, and then you have to decipher this thing, and you, then you play. And only 8% of adults in the United States can play a miniature structure. Look, that's a failure, a massive failure, right? That's that method. Now, it wasn't interactive, mm -hmm. you know, just basically the way things were done. Mm -hmm. But what, what happens is people take to heart that they have no talent. Well, this is an awful way to teach something that's wonderful and beautiful and most people would like to play. So this game made it much faster. After that, we would put in things like fingerings or the, uh, numbers, note names, and the kids would sing those, and then we would take away the colors. And now they're just reading the black notation going across the screen. Level five, which we developed after that, is what we call the academy because we didn't want just to... I love, I love how you love talking about the product. You, you would talk about it as long as you possibly could, because you love it so much, right? I want people to understand it. So that level five is we take it to the sheet music, and the kids can read the sheet music. And this is literally happening in 10 minutes. Mm. Normally, if you had given that kid, and kids don't know that they're supposed to be traumatized. They don't know that they're supposed to be crying. <laughs> so they don't. They just are fun, right? They're, they're having fun. So you saw the, that was like the, the problem you saw in the music world in general. Right. Yeah, that music notation was for most people a barrier. Uh, mm. Kids go with a band and they read a melody, and that's much easier than reading, especially piano with multiple you know keys at the same time. So if you really look at piano, it's kind of like uh, advanced project management on the fly. They've got a you know they've got a left hand, right hand, and I think that's why it turned out that 
Valiant Candle has a massive uh, positive impact on the brain. And I think it's because of the hands. There's mm-hmm. almost 50% of your nerve endings are in your hands. The brain is not isolated, right? It is intimately connected with every you know, nerve in your body. That is exactly how it sees, feels, understands the world. And so what, what you do with your hands impacts your brain. And the piano is a real challenging thing because it's melody, harmony, and rhythm all at once, mm-hmm. right? someone else gets their hands on it, they want to do it better, and then it's not how you see it, or like for you, it didn't have the science behind it. Is that correct? It, 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 exactly. Mm-hmm. So their idea was that, I mean, I'll just show you. Right? So I had, like, a, here's your fretboard, right? And I assumed that the kids would look down at the fretboard and then look at the screen, and that that should match one-to-one. Okay. Right? They look down the top, you know, string line is the sure. top. There, they said no. It should be a mirror image, so they inverted it. So of course, uh, 
there's no mirror on the TV, right? So yeah. they can't see any mirror. They can't see their fingers. So they turn their head like, they like this, and they and everything's wrong. All the none of the colors match. <laughs> Right. I bet you were so frustrated with that. My favorite story, I, I, I my favorite story is the Hannah Montana story, but I don't know if you can talk about that or not. Well, because I didn't know who she was. Right, you didn't know. Who no, she you was. don't. You, you don't remember this, but you told me who she was. I was like, so back then, I had no idea who she was because of the age group that she played yeah, to. Yeah. Right, it didn't make any sense. And then you told, I know who she is now. Mm-hmm. We were approached by a guitar manufacturer. He said, look, we've got a Disney deal, and we want you to do a guitar wizard for Hannah Montana at High School Musical, Camp Rock. Mm-hmm. We're like, man, Dad, this is all happening same time over Oh, yeah, I remember. And, uh, but they were, we had an indirect license then to use the Disney product. Mm-hmm. We met with Disney, and they were like, thumbs up, right? But this guy paid the advance, and we had the bundle up with his guitars. And we went through all of that. At the time, she was a billion-dollar franchise. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and hot, hot, hot. And so we're, we're doing all that on the set because we're going to piggyback on his license, right? So we're building all the software up. We did, And then they saw Piano Wizard and said, can you do that too? And we said, okay. So we've got our Guitar Wizard, Piano Wizard, coming out with Piano Montana license, right? Yeah. And we're like, but, but this was literally in October. They discover us that you have it ready by CES in the first of January. And we're like, we're crap, right? We're throwing money at our developers. We get this done, get this done, we get a prototype done, crushes, literally crushes Walmart, Target, Toys R Us. Everyone wants this. Oh, I remember um, that. Yeah, yeah. It sees another animal, right? Like, you, you go to CES, the Consumer Electronics Show, and Sony has like a football size uh, booth, right? Football stadium size booth, like mm-hmm. steel, right? Like huge. Disney does not. Disney has a suite at the Bellagio. Mm-hmm. And all of the big players go there by appointment to try and talk to Disney to see what they've got. Mm-hmm. That's how powerful Disney is. Their brand. Nice. They had a whole, a whole room for Hannah Montana with our keyboard, our guitar. They know how to do it, right? Mm-hmm. So now we've got to produce this. And they say, scrap all those designs. Those were great for the demo, but here's what we really want you to do. We have to spend all this new money, and you have to have it ready to ship by August because that'll, that's when it shifts for, right? Mm. So we're working so hard. Um, we did it. We finished both the, the guitar mm. and the uh, and the piano wizard by then. And, but I'm spending like, you know, a lot of money on developers, right? Sure. And I'm ready capital. And this is 2008. The economy started to turn. Yeah. A lot of share, a lot of investors are saying yes, but not falling through. And so we're seeing this kind of spending go here and, Investment come here, and we're just feeling this, but we're about to get into, you know, Disney, every store yeah. in the country. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the hardware manufacturer that we were in line with it failed to deliver the keyboards, the guitar, and he had a karaoke product. He also he did not deliver any of the hardware. And Disney, and then I don't know if you remember in 2008, but there was this thing in September. Oh yeah, the recession. So literally. <laughs> I remember the market crash. I did this. Maybe I shouldn't try to raise capital right now. And then I focused on getting stores, and that's why I went up so fast because all my focus went there. And I was trained how to raise capital, which is harder 
And so I just started closing the stores, but yeah, it, it totally, it gave me a misstep too. It's like, I was stepping this way. So, oh, maybe I'll go this way instead for now. And because of the pending, you know, Fisher Price, Mattel, Disney deals, we were negotiating with Billy Joel. Like we were a lot of capital and had a lot of capital committed. We had two different term sheets for $2 million each. And the recession hit and boom, those dried up. The deal with Disney, we couldn't deliver the software that had to be bundled with their hardware and their hardware did not exist. Mm. Literally, Disney fired six of the eight people working on that whole thing oh. instantly. And they tried to get Casio <clears throat> and Yamaha and they were like hit the reeling from the recession. Like we're not building a custom keyboard. Mm. Right. And, uh, and so we just like took it in the gut and it was very, very tough. And on reflection, you know, as a business decision, we should have just shut down. We, you know, we would have been one of the thousands of casualties of that. But I was just like, this is stupid, right? In parallel with that, we developed the Piano Wizard Academy. So we uh, we tried to raise capital. Um, I went into massive debt trying to borrow money to get through it, you know, get my team through it. I kept my team together almost two years after that, but went into massive debt. And once you do that, you are now uninvestable. Mm-hmm. You can't really raise capital again, right? You've saved yourself, but you're on life support. Yeah. And it was kind of how we were drifting. That's why I'm restructuring. I finally figured out, but I didn't want to abandon my shareholders. Lawyers have like 50 ways to screw your shareholders. <laughs> Every lawyer you talk to is like, well, you know, here's another way you can screw them. Or you can screw them like this, or you can just like leave them. Or you can just, and I'm like, yeah. does anyone have another idea, right? And we did find a, we did find a solution. I'm very happy about oh, that. Good. Where we're going to focus now on the neuroscience. All right, so this is all. So yeah, so tell us. We're gonna go over our time, if that's okay. So tell us about where you're where you're going now. That'd be great. So, parallel with all that, we're marketing to the homeschool market, and we're barely surviving. Mm-hmm. But in that homeschool market, our special needs parents, and they got the game because they thought it might be something their kids could, because it's designed for two and three year old and above, right? Because it's color coded, super simple, and we start to get testimonials back from these special needs parents and we never designed it for that mm. and we got one this kid was like seven he couldn't talk he couldn't well he, he, uh, he couldn't watch teletubbies like toddler level tv program he couldn't do a four-piece puzzle like his mom would show him. he could not do that he was you know his she said his brother and the chair were the same he had like almost no interaction he would get lost all the time if they ever went out couldn't communicate right but she was like one of these tiger moms. She's just trying everything. So she saw the game. He recognized colors and couldn't say them. Mm. She got the game for him. And for some reason, the, the game I was going up, he just took to it and he tried. It took him three weeks to play a song that any neurotypical kid could play in the first minute. Mm. But it was like a huge break because he would keep trying, keep trying. Oh, that's trying. great. And how many of us give up after the first few minutes on something? For some reason, this attracted him. He he would go back and try it again. He wouldn't even try the puzzles, the Legos, any of that stuff. He wouldn't watch the TV. But this held his attention, so his mom was hopeful. Mm-hmm. So six months later, the keyboard that we had sent them had a little defect in the back, and it broke, and we were just replacing them. Yeah. And she sent this little postcard of, you know, thanks so much for replacing the keyboard. My son, Jed, has great difficulty with music and uh, or with, with language. But your game is so simple, he's now being able to play 30 songs. 
really cool. Six months later, I found her very first review that she had done online at Amazon, and she had a video of him playing this our song, right? The very first song, Twink, Twink Little Stars, right? And she had this really nice review for other special needs parents. This might be special for you, right? So I had now her email, and I contacted her. I said, are you the lady that sent us that post? And she said, yeah. Oh, he's way past that. Let me repost something. Oh, really? That's great. Yeah. And, and so she sent, and he's in book six. He books his ten songs. And he's playing over the hill, through the woods, both hands fluently on level four with mm-hmm. just the notation. And, it, and she says, do you think this is affecting his language? Because he understands a lot more, and he started talking. I said, you know, most kids are fluent in speaking before they ever play piano, so we don't really have that. But we know about math and spatial skills get big boosts, right? And uh, she shows in this video, and this kid's like, I did great, Mom, right? And you're like, holy crap, like, this is, like, weird, right? And I said, can I share this? And I started sharing it with other, like, uh, special needs schools. Mm. Autism came up really big. You know, like, most of the people with autism were really responding to it, which is a very visual entrainment kind of thing. And we, I sent out dozens of, of units to teachers and parents and schools and we started getting this other feedback and like a year later I, I wondered about her and I, and I reached back out to her and uh, she had given us permission to share her story and stuff mm-hmm. she said look this was a lifesaver for us and I called her up I said you know this is Chris remember a year ago and I had told her the last time I said try and get him off the game to the sheet and she said no he won't be able to do that and I said just, just try I'm just curious because he's so fluent sure. he's level four in the game I call back. She says, I'm so glad you called. We're on song 99 of your 100-song curriculum. You have more of those songs because they have the fingerings built in. I said, the last 10 songs aren't part of the curriculum. They're challenge songs. It's Bach, it's Mozart, it's Beethoven. She says, well, we didn't know, so we just kept going. Right? And uh, and she sends me a video of him playing Bach from memory. Right? It's well, that's cool. years to play Bach. And, and this kid's playing, and he's never had a piano lesson. I'm like, oh. Crap, right? She says, well, he's going to school now. He's That's great. Elite, but he's reading at a basic level. He's doing basic math. And his teacher thinks he'll be able to live independently because he can focus. He has this incredible focus. That's great, Chris. It's amazing. She said to plug in the computer. I left it without the battery. Go ahead. So um, we're like jaws dropping, right? And I'm like, okay, this is way beyond the benefits of music that I had read about, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm going into the literature and parallel with that is this whole revolution, really, in neuroscience. Absolutely. And they've got, uh, tools, uh, functional MRIs, they call it, where it's almost like a video of the brain in motion so they can test it interactively, right? This was, before it was just like a scan. If there was something there, it wasn't, they couldn't see, you think, they couldn't see what happened, what lit up with mm-hmm. that this word or what lit up when you used your visual cord what lit up when you heard sounds. Exactly. Now, this, uh, no, you, you know, can't. You're saying now you can, right? You can, yeah, right? yeah. See I've seen that. See and what they're seeing is that music <clears throat> is coming up huge. Mm-hmm. Um, there's lots of different things that stimulate, but if you study math, it doesn't really help your French and vice versa, right? You might be really good at literature and stuff, but you're terrible at math, or you might be really good at math, not necessarily helping you in, you know, poetry, right? But music is what they call metaplastic. It literally impacts all areas of cognitive development. So your math scores go up, your language gets better, mm-hmm. your spatial skills, your timing, your coordination, all kinds of things 
and especially in play. And the <laughs> comes up 30, 40% jumps in math with two years of piano court in Harvard. Well, That's a leap in evolution, right? Great, Chris. So now we've got kids that couldn't watch TV able to play piano and get that cognitive benefit as impacting their whole brain. So we're like, okay. And I start going into the literature and that right now is my desire. As we restructured, I'm going to take that company and I'm going to focus on cognitive development and the brain training kind of Mm -hmm. applications. What I'm going to do once it's clean and restructured, I'm going to then raise capital for that to do R and D. Right. So we can like, what if we had had a a brain scan of, of Jen's brain, neurological testing, kind of baseline testing after three months, after six months, after a year, after two years, the kids got like a hundred videos online now. Wow. Yeah. That's and awesome. It, it is, right? And he's mm. doing great and, and he's like a star when he gets on the piano. You do not think he's in any way impaired. You think, Wow, I wish I could play like that. That's, That's great. Chris right? th- so, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for being on the show and thank you for what you're doing for people. I don't know if you realize it, but you're obviously making a difference for people. I know you made a difference for me with the Five, what was it you call it? Five fingers of capital? Yeah. The uh, five finger pitch. I still have that. I still help people with that. Yeah, yeah. It's a huge, huge, uh, makes a huge difference for people. And you've always been there for me to talk, coach, and your perseverance that you, you keep going. And you, that's just what it takes sometimes, right? You it's keep so, going. You, you not only have to be persistent, but you have to be resilient and resourceful. You have to find a way through that resourcefulness was, was very challenging because, you know, it was easy to say no to, you know, screwing over my shareholders. It was not easy to find a good solution for the happy I Thank you so much. Um, you mentioned something about Ultimate Home Studio Package on sale currently. What so were you referring with, to? With all of this, we found all kinds of other things that helped different aspects of music that we put together. We've got like a virtual academy online, so kind mm. of ongoing. Um, information and we've got the whole academy and, and right now for Black Friday we've got pretty impressive uh, package. We, it's about a 500 to $600 package with or without the keyboard and we're dropping in a couple hundred dollars for Black Friday. So where do they, so, fi- where do they find that? On pianowizardacademy.com pianowizardacademy.com and uh Musicwizard.com will also get them there, but pianowizardacademy.com. And they can see Jed's story. They can look for the testimonials. We literally have hundreds of positive reviews and testimonies that will bring a tear to your eye and dozens of awards. It's been very well recognized, right? Um, when we compare it to piano lessons, if you pay $20 a week for piano lessons, that's $1,000 a year. Two years of piano curriculum is built into the game. And... Uh, Kids spend a neurotypical kids go through it in like six to nine months. But if you studied it in a traditional way, it would be at least two years. And then you can load any song you want. It's an open-ended system. You can plug in any song. And, mm. um, but for the holidays, we, we dropped, uh, we're actually throwing in a free keyboard on Black Friday. So No, oh, great. That's a very good deal. Did you say you're sending me a free keyboard? Did not say that, but we'll talk. So, uh, thank you so much yeah. for being on. Uh, I appreciate it, like always. Uh, I hope well, that... I, I appreciate in particular the special needs market is not easy to reach. Uh, parents are, you know, have so many other problems. Mm. But when this is a 
doing a while to, to stop committing the pit for the kids. But it's uh, it's a miracle. It's transformational. It's not just educational and entertaining. It's transformational for the pit. Well, you, well, you mentioned. I mean, I I'm, I don't want to go on about this because uh, let's talk about it later, or you can maybe add a couple quick sentences. But you mentioned something about seniors, and my dad's been struggling with Alzheimer's, dementia. Uh, we've got Ronnie from the Alzheimer's Association in Utah. He's a regular contributor for the show, so he's coming on every month. But uh, that caught my attention. I was I would have thought it anyway. I was wondering if that would help seniors if they'll do it. Though. If they'll do it. We know that the brain is now uh, much more malleable. Mm. Like literally people, seniors who have strokes are able to relearn, you know, to walk, to talk. Yeah, yeah. Use their arms again. Rechanneling the brain is actually opening up new pathways, new neurons. It is much more plastic than we ever thought. And learning new skills, for example, if you're bilingual and you have Alzheimer's, the onset of the symptoms of the disease are delayed five, ten, even. 15 years. Mm. So they might at autopsy see that your brain was totally taken by Alzheimer's, but because you were bilingual, you had some flexibility and you were still able to communicate. Yeah, my dad speaks uh, five languages, actually. He speaks five languages. So you'll find that there's a a big variation. Mm. He might have been, he might have a more severe case of Alzheimer's than you think, but there's a naturally protective part. Now, the other thing about music is it's kind of a weird cousin to language, right? I mean, think about it. if I tell you the lyrics of a song, you can hear the melody. If I hum the melody, you can hear the lyrics, right? There's something weird about that. People who are stroke victims can sing when they can't talk. There's something there. There's, it's like another parallel channel. Mm-hmm. And when you empower these seniors with learning a new skill, it stimulates, and again, the left and right hand, the crossover, new brain cells. Two years of piano also increases the corpus callosum which is the part between the hemispheres, mm-hmm. 12%. That's crazy. Mm. So that thickens. Well, what's going on? It's cross connections, right? Yeah. So it will absolutely be a joy to, for them to play. Often seniors, this is like a dream deferred, and they will literally go into tears when they can play a song mm. they've always loved. But it is also a very calming thing. But there is ample evidence that music can can affect them positively on a cognitive basis. So when my dad's being angry or aggressive, just say, here, here, dad, play this game. It's, it's a, it's an outlet, right? And it's something, I mean, you can play angry music too, right? Um, but it is, it is a very um, soothing thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I literally will open up the game and try something like crazy, stupid, hard, and just to try and surf through the song and, and, and play it. And, it is, it is, you do not need to be a master. You can just become literate in music and have great joy, right? You can learn Christmas songs and have great joy with that, right? You do not need to have this mastery. This is, this, this finds you at any level. Wherever you are, it will take you to the next level. Well, that's great, Chris. Thank you for being on. And you can go to pianowizardacademy.com for package and uh black friday and, uh, on, wait till black friday for your listeners it's just a few days from now sure, sure. we're gonna we're gonna be we're gonna be including an optional keyboard you have to pay for the shipping but the keyboard will be optional that's great and so we're gonna it, it is it is our best deal and we do it for 
you know, that weekend and that's it, right? So jump on that for your listeners. Um, Great. Yeah, and uh, I want to open this package in front of everyone. I got this package in the mail. It's a very special package. Open it here. From, you all recognize this, Chris, I think. I don't know why he sent me this, though. Tyler's Coffee. Woo! Yeah, Tyler's Coffee. It's doctor-recommended coffee. It's non-acidic, yeah. It sounds like you've heard of this before. No, I've seen this. But look, but that's a concern now. Cancer is very acidic, right? Yeah. So we'll worry about that. You know, they're trying to get a more alkaline uh, uh, diet, right, for health reasons, all kinds of reasons, right? Yeah. And coffee, those things that is your, you know, one of my, it's my advice of choice. Are you sending me this? Is that what you're no, saying? no. He's one of our sponsors, <laughs> and he sent me some coffee. See? So he sent me regular and decaf. I don't know, Tyler, if I'll ever ring, drink the decaf, but they do have decaffeinated. And decaf it's, is very good for waking people up if you throw it at them. <laughs> yeah, right? It spills in their lap or something. Right. It's the world's up, first acid-free coffee. Well, that, I'm very curious. That's actually awesome. So you haven't met him at CEO space, huh? Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I'm not one of these. It's a base guy, right? The name's often escaped me. I remember the projects, but I don't remember this project. Yeah. So I don't. He was uh, He was uh, He was there uh, serving coffee. <laughs> that helps it all. <laughs> well, I've, I've gotten the coffee, but I might have desperately needed it uh, at day seven, right? Yeah, exactly. I feel like that day too. And I sell my accelerator, of course, but I do love myself a cup of coffee. So I'm excited to do that. I want to open in front of you guys. And remember to watch and listen for the ultraperformshow.com on Facebook Live and uh, also on blogtalkradio.com, iHeart, and iTunes. Ultra Perform Show. Let me give you one last plug. Okay. You said some things about me. Um, but you, my friend, were not only coachable, but I saw you coach a lot of people. Mm. And that's the whole collaborative spirit that we like that CEO space is really kind of heart of what makes, you know, when entrepreneurs are supporting each other instead of undercutting each other, wow, it, it's a very powerful group. And you've been, uh, you've made me proud. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much, Chris. Keep your eyes out. We'll close on that. Keep your eyes out for our show at 5 o'clock. And we also, when we have in-studio, keep your eyes out for us on Twitter Live, YouTube Live, and Instagram Live. I, have to, I forget all of them, but see you later. Thanks. Thank Bye. you, Chris. Take care. Take care, Thank everyone. You. Thank you. Bye. That's it. We're done. Okay. That was good. Piano Command. No. My original name of the of the game was Piano Commando with the motto "I'll be back." <laughs> You've changed it since then, huh? Well, because uh, it was right in the beginning of the Iraq War, and moms did not want anything to do with violence, mm. and they were like, it's like a tiny percentage of people didn't like Commando. It's too violent. It's not a violent game at all, right? 
And then it was like 20% did not like Commando, and you're like, okay, we got to change this, right? Because we had to explain it too much, right? Sure. No, it's not. Like, no, it's not my house. But I loved the kind of cognitive distance of piano commando. Right? Yeah, my my show or my business was called Ultra Fuels. But whenever I'd introduce myself, uh, they thought I sold some kind of fuel, either oil or some alternative fuel. So I changed it to Ultra Perform, and everyone knew. I did something with supplements or health or whatever. So no, I, we actually we, got we, we, we actually got uh, what's it called? Twin Labs. I didn't know I had a product called Ultra Fuels, so this got me to change it. But I had UltraFuels.net, and they sent me a cease and demand like package to scare the crap out of us. And I, I got my friend Bert involved, and he said, oh, let me take care of this. So what he does, he turned around on them and says, yeah, we'll we'll quit, but you have to pay us $245,000. <laughs> and you can have the site, too. And they left us alone. They dropped it like that. But I changed the name anyway because that was the problem. I just wasn't in a rush to change it, so I changed it a few months later. Right. Well, you know, and it's a big deal. We have our parent company. It's called Allegro Multimedia, and there's an Allegro music software out there. And so even though we have multimedia instead of software. Oh, I remember that. Allegro. So we branded it. Then we changed it to Allegro Rainbow, which was then we got a bunch of pushback. You know, is that gay? Like, oh, my God, these people. <laughs> I know. I know. You try to do something. and Well, well, here's the thing. I know you know this. Every, not everyone, but there's a lot of critics out there. And usually it's people that aren't doing anything anyway. Sure. But it was, uh, it was just the Wizard, you know, franchise was perfect. Piano Wizard, Guitar Wizard, it, it made sense. Music Wizard as an overall brand. So that that turned out to be right. But I went through a few logos and branding efforts until we got to the right one. Mm. I think that's part of the normal process. You don't always land on the perfect name the perfect branding at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, right. And here I am looking at, I'm going to rebrand things again anyway, but, yep. It helps. Hmm. So, other than that, you're healthy, you're happy? Yeah, I've been taking care of my parents for the past year. They're in an assisted living center now. We did a documentary about it called uh, Taking Them Home. I took my director from my other show, Passion Living with Adam to Egypt with us because we were moving them to Egypt and wow. we filmed the whole process and in Egypt and then back here. So they, you took them to Egypt and then you took them back here? They said, screw this, this place is a mess. <laughs> Get back here. <laughs> That's hilarious. It's true. It's just, I knew they would feel that way. I thought it would take a month. My dad argued with me. I had like Instead of having to deal with my dad head on and take him to court, I had to kind of be sneaky, which was tricky to do that because I didn't feel good about it, but it it was for his best interest. So I got him a return ticket two and a half months later, and I said, if you want to come back sooner, and I got him all his medicine for 90 days, and we closed his house. He insists on selling, which I wish he didn't, but he did. And his store, we closed that because I was trying to run it, but it was dead anyway. And we showed that whole process. Interesting. And so, I'm, so you're Egyptian background? I'm assuming you didn't spontaneously want to go to Egypt because you used to live there. 
I don't know. I, there from Egypt. I was born here, and I don't like being in Egypt for long. Yeah. I like visiting yeah. and leaving. Yeah. It's nice yeah. to visit and have the experience, but it's just it's wacky crap, and you can't explain to anyone that it's wacky because they think it's all like what? What's wrong? Egypt is wonderful. No, I mean it's it's entertaining. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah most people don't. They go there and so got this ancient culture, it's bustling, it's all exciting because it's all new. And then let's go home. Yeah, but, but then you're there and you're like, I can't get a phone installed. I can't get, you know, the restaurant doesn't have meat, right? Or, or they don't wash their hands. Right. And they're okay. like, it's my hands are fine. Look, they're clean. Crap like that. Just like on and on, it's like a constant barrage of bullshit. My, my wife's from Brazil, so. Oh yeah, it's like that there. Five years, it's chaos, right? Mm-hmm. And I lived in Sao Paulo, which I describe as like Mexico City, but not as organized. Really? Yeah. I've never been to Mexico City. I've only been to outskirts of Mexico, but never deep. So it, you know, one of these huge chaotic cities. Were you in Cairo? Yeah. We were in yeah. Cairo. We uh, we have an apart we have an apart we have an apartment there in Cairo. What's that? I'm assuming the traffic in Cairo is horrific and dangerous. Is it? Uh, it's horrific. There's a there's in the in the documentary there's a part where I'm trying to cross the street and it's the first time I'm trying to do it, and you just have to walk in front of the cars. The only way you can cross the street, yeah. and hoping they see you. Because they usually do, usually being, I didn't get hit, but you have to like look because if you need to move or jump, you're going to have to do it, right? Yeah. And the, 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 yeah, the sense is even like, you're the asshole if you're holding up traffic. No, no, you're okay walking, but you're the asshole if you're scared or trying to, they're like, just go, what's your problem? And you're like, ah, there's cars coming at me <laughs> and no one's stopping. Right. You know. Yeah. And I know that in Brazil you have as a pedestrian you have the right to be warned of your impending death by an accelerated engine. Right? Mm. It's 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 insane and you adapt. You but, you have to. You have to adapt. So so they're back and and they're doing okay, you're taking care of them, but you're worried about your dad's uh, anger issues and decline. Uh I'm not that worried that he's stabilized. It's just something I have to deal with. I mean, I'm not... When I say I'm not worried about it, yeah, it's there. But he's uh, he's stabilized. Like today, he told me he has to go to Cairo. And he forgets we went to Cairo. Mm-hmm. And I show him pictures. Or, or I tell him we did go. And he goes, yeah, yeah, I know. Because he's smart. So if he forgot, he'll go, yeah, yeah, I know. And just agree with me, even though he doesn't agree. So he can go back. But right. whenever he can never go back is this thing. But I can't tell him that because that won't, won't go. That wouldn't go well. But an interesting thing about Alzheimer's is the uh, the older memories stay, and so that's more where his mental life is probably is in Cairo, and so he feels, you know. Well, when when we got there, it wasn't Cairo. He's like, this isn't Cairo. Right. And what he finally kind of got it's changed so much he didn't like it 
But when he says he wants to go back to Cairo, he wants to go back to the Cairo in his mind. Yeah. And we can't go back there. I would take him there if we could, but we can't go. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, my friends like called me and texted me no, no worries. ten times. It's like it's like he's gonna die. It's been what an hour. <laughs> like, dude, <laughs> people are funny. Yeah, I've changed a lot, Chris. You can tell. You can see that. Uh, I can. Um, I think you. It's for the better. Uh, yeah. I feel like someone gives me bullshit, I have zero tolerance for it. Zero. As soon as I hear it, I'm like, I'll be polite, but if they're like consist, I insist on them shutting <laughs> Or whatever. Right. No, I, I hear it. And that, um, there's a great book that you should read and you will love. You will love this book. It's called Your Brain at Work. You ever heard of it? Mm. It, it might be one of the best books I've read in 10 years. I'll write, I'll write it down on my phone yeah. right now. So the basic thesis is this is a neuroscience guy, right? And I, I kind of stumbled into this because I was looking at the neuroscience of music and here's another book on neuroscience and the guy who was going to consult with us, he insisted I read it or he couldn't work with us. What's the name of it again? Your Brain at Work. Yeah, the author's name is David Rock. And there's a lot of things like that in this area that are happening now in the neuroscience. Uh, modern economic game theory takes the, the irrationality of the human brain into account. But this irrationality comes from triggers that we have from our, what they call evolutionary brain, what the Scientologists call our reactive brain, our mammalian brain. Basically, as because we're mammals that take a long time to mature, our social world is actually part of our survival network. And so social conventions and norms can touch our survival buttons. So you think of status as one, right? Status is among siblings. And literally in like a wolf's pack or you know, chimpanzees, status can mean you don't eat as much or you don't eat at all, mm-hmm. right? 
or you get the best women and your you know genes pass on. So status can be very thing. But another one that's surprising is fairness. And they're in juxtaposition, right? Too much status, not enough fairness. Too much fairness, no status, right? So these these are like biological fairness is a bit very interesting. Look up this. I'll just give you some keywords. Look up uh, monkeys fairness experiment cucumbers. Something like that. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. And it's, you know, you'll see that we're really wired this way. And so these these things can come in and, you know, you see this in the last election. You had a guy that's pathological on, on status, right? And then you had Bernie with fairness, right? And But it, but fairness can be manipulated, right? So they made it, oh, you know, Hillary's unfair, Bernie. And, you know, and, the, and they literally manipulate people to get inflamed over fairness, right? And then, you know, Trump used fairness. He said, oh, us poor victims, us poor white people. Well, we're running around like monkeys. I'm so tired of seeing it. It's part, of, it's part of the reason why I do everything. I get, I'm so frustrated with stupid people, and I'm trying to make a difference. So in this book, you'll, the monkeys have names. Like the monkey mind mm-hmm. has a name. Like there's a, there's monkey, there's this monkey, there's this monkey, there's this monkey. And you'll start to be able to kind of decipher where people are really coming from. And it's all subconscious. They don't think I have a, this guy pitched on my status. They think that guy's an asshole. They don't think that guy, you know, that was unfair. I, they think that guy's an asshole. Mm-hmm. Right? They just get triggered, right? Yeah, yeah. If they've got any PTSD, then like it's, it's that's cool. yeah. So it's a very interesting book. Mm. I've read it three times. I'll probably read it again. Mm. Um, that kind of book, you'll you'll be telling everybody read this book. But I'll try to get him on the show. He said your brain at work, David Rock. Yeah. David okay. Rock. Right. Yeah, he, he's pretty well known. Uh, been around for like ten years. You know who K? Uh, what's her name? Her last name. She's uh, married to Peter, the piano guy. Um, you'll recognize him. He's in. The, he's got uh, neuro. Working on some things uh, to help people with paralysis. Anyway, she's uh, she worked with him for years. Um, the guys, you'll look up the book, and that book is really insightful. It's super easy to read. But uh, you'll read one or two chapters, and you'll stop and think for three or four days. And go, oh. That's what was happening between those two. The main thing I like about it is it lets me be aware of my own like triggers. Like fairness is a, a strong value for me, but I don't want to be triggered by it. I don't want to be manipulated by it. I don't want to, right? I don't mm-hmm. want to like lose my cool over it. So it's a very good book um, for trying to sort out the, the monkey brain. That, and when you read it, you're like, how did we not just obliterate each other like centuries ago how do we even oh i do that now i wonder how we got so far ahead and i just see because i deal with a lot of people now and i see like from you we go out dancing bars friends that's why i said that as i've become a leader of my group of friends but it's really taxing (laughs) it really sometimes i'm just like just guys while we're sitting here the two of my friends are asking me if i'm home because they just want to stop by which is great. I'm sure. Hopefully, we are ended. But which is great. But at the same time, like I got things I got to do, and I noticed that, 
yeah, I'm a leader of our friend group, but it doesn't really help me get things done, right? So one of the things that we need is relatedness. Mm-hmm. Even if we suck at it, we need it. So kids with autism, they suck at relating to other people, but they desperately need it, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think we all do. I think yeah. that right there is why you see it's not – Besides all the programming and the violence and the Grand Theft Auto and all this stuff, I think that's why people are going out and shooting each other, not because, just because of everything else, because we won't, we won't connect with them. We don't like them. That guy's an asshole. It doesn't matter. Everyone wants to be loved anyway, how they are, yeah. even if they're assholes, yeah. especially if they're assholes. Yeah, I should say that. Everyone, I should make a post saying... Everyone wants to be loved, even if they're an asshole. So, but my wife puts it this way. Love me when I least deserve it. Yeah. Because I most needed that. Yeah. And, uh, it's good. It's good. It's hard. It's true. Oh, I know it's hard. I know it's hard, man. I know. Yep. Well, cool. And I, I meant what I said, dude. You're, you know, you're a guy who like got it like early on, and you stepped up, and you were very collaborative for a lot of people, and you were, you've always been sharing stuff, and you know, I'm, I, I laugh when you say I, I'm your mentor, but um, you know, for a little while I felt I was on the capital side, but you know, you're a free thinker. You always have been, and I've always appreciated that. Hmm. Thank you. Appreciate you too, Chris. So, um, let me know if you or yours, people that you know, uh, if I can help them. My network is big and it's warm. So, if you get stuck or somebody you're working with gets stuck, you know, reach out to me. Maybe I can connect them with somebody. Matt Damon. Do you have any way of getting Matt Damon on the show? Um, It's about a girl. I like Matt Damon. But yeah, really, idea. really, um, it's about it's about a getting it's about getting a girl's attention. Let me give you an idea. Um, here's a website that not many people know about. It's called LookToTheStars.org. Okay. Look right down. I'm gonna type it in. LookToTheStars.org. And what this is is an online database of celebrities and the charities they care about, and you can do it. You can search either Matt Damon and see what he cares about, or you can look up. Well, he he cares about a bunch of stuff. I know that. So my suggestion to you is that he won't come on. He doesn't need the PR, right? He doesn't need to be on your show. But if it promotes something that he loves, he might do it. Does that make sense? Yeah. If you can find a – give him a platform to talk about something – well, I've been I've been doing that. I just so so I signed up for a site called WhoRepresents.com. It's like twelve bucks a month, and it gives you all the agents of all the stars. We've been emailing them, but because the show's small, at least like this is what I've changed: the positive thinking. Jennifer Aniston's agent responded. It was a no, but she responded. Yes, right. Yeah. Everyone said no that responds, and I haven't been able to. Awesome. Why? Here's the other secret. Mm-hmm. You don't talk to the agents. You talk to the publicist. 
Agents want money. Publicists want publicity. Yeah, that's true. But how do I get a list of the publicists? Okay, that's true. I wish I realized that. I wish I did that. Yeah. Publicist is the one who's putting them in front of these charities, right? And that person does has a different agenda. They want publicity. They do not. They want good, you know, PR for their clients, not money. Agents want money. They get a percentage. They want licensing deals. Yeah, you're right, though. I didn't even think about that. Dang it. I'm glad you told me, but I wish I asked you a month ago. I'm trying to get to uh, Alicia Keys, right? And uh, not Hannah Montana. <laughs> you know, I, she, have you been watching The Voice lately? She's on The Voice. Why would they put her on there? Okay. Because she's, she's popular. Kinda, she's calmed down, right? Yeah, yeah. Right, and she's actually really cool. Like you're like, wow, she came out great, right? went through some shit. I mean, can you imagine what a mind fuck that was to be Hannah Montana and then try and be, be an actual teenager, right? Well, all of it. Well, all of it. And have all this fame and all this stuff, yeah. But she had to break the Hannah Montana brand, right? The pure, sweet, innocent Hannah Montana. She had to break that brand or she would be stuck in that for the rest of her life. And she's a very talented performer. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she, she had to go through her own stuff and she went crazy and you know, sexual and drugs, and I didn't mind it, right? But, but, but it, you know, people were all offended and all that stuff, right? But she's actually down to earth now. Mm. If you ever watch The Voice, she's a coach and she's actually just awesome. And Alicia Keys was on last season, and she's awesome. But I know Alicia Keys from a documentary that she did on orphanages in South Africa. And I don't know if you know this, but I was in the Peace Corps in Botswana. And uh, and when I was there, it was 92, the AIDS incident in Botswana for newly, uh, for pregnant women in the clinic, they were tested for AIDS. Yeah. It was 88% of the women. How much? 28% of, of the pregnant women had HIV. Whoa. That's how prevalent it was in Africa. It was heterosexual sex. Oh, you know, you had a whole generation of, of parents that died and left orphan kids, and she went in there and set up some orphanages. So she's like amazing, amazing. You see this, uh, this, this uh, documentary. I mean, I was just crying the whole time because I knew those kids, right? I knew, you know, what she was doing. So that's my that's my ask, Alicia Keys. You want uh, Matt Damon? I will suggest that you go into look to the stars. You look for the charities. And then you, if you contact the charities, they might tell you who her, her, his publicist is, who they do. Well, I, I just asked my producer to look in who represents um, and see if it has the publicist listed. I think it does, tell you the truth. And if it does, then we have it. Then we'll just hit them yeah. up through. I thought with the charity thing. In my email, it says, uh, talk about whatever a cause is that you care about. And I don't specify. It's a generic because she's just sending them out. But I'll do some research and try to get them. I actually want to tell them the truth. Really, I love everything you do, except really want you on my show because I really want to get uh, 
get attention of this girl. Like attention, like I would marry this girl if I can, like like that. Not just like, oh, I like this girl. Like she's the one. You know that feeling they say yes. when you see yes, someone? I, 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 I never had it until I met her. So, all right. Well, look. Hold on a second. Hold on a Sorry, Chris. All right. So that, that's a great story. It could be funny, right? He's also got a great sense of humor. So you could like do a whole show on how do I get with this girl? Matt David, I need your advice. There's this girl I like. Like you could literally do a show like that. I know. I just have to reach him, and will he? I mean, how many times do these guys get approached by everything? Well, these kinds of things can go viral, right? Yeah. I mean, you see these, you know, these these people that uh, invite celebrities to go to the Marine Ball, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that kind of thing. But yeah, but the but the other thing is part of that about a charity, you know. He'll justify it that way. His publicist will justify it that way. Right? Yeah. Got many opportunities to be silly and funny, right? I mean, uh, did you see uh, what's her name? Uh, Sarah Silverman. I'm fucking Matt Damon. No. Okay, so this uh, she was dating Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel and Matt Damon had this like fake rivalry, right? Where they where he, where he always has them on, and then he doesn't put them on at the end of the show. Right, Matt Dan's like, are you fucking kidding me? Right, and he always like bumps it. Right, they've had this like running joke. And so he and he was dating Sarah Silverman, uh, Jimmy Kimmel, right, and they broke up. And so then she did this whole song about how I'm fucking Matt Dan, right? <laughs> and they really broke up. They, they had really, no, they had really broken up. And then she did like a spoof song. Yeah, you know what? Like, like they were. Like, yeah, yeah, I get it. They broke get up it. friendly. And then they did this. Really, yeah, really like, friendly. Really I, friendly. Well, guess what? I'm fucking Ben David now. So he did a video about how he's fucking Ben Affleck. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, he was... Did You You didn't see Thor, did you? I did. Oh, you did? You know he's in it, right? The new one? You didn't notice it was him. That's no. funny. You remember when Loki is Odin and he's watching the play? He was Loki in the play. Matt Damon. YouTube it. I'm, well, maybe. But yeah, I bet you there's a clip of it. If you YouTube yeah. it, there's a clip by now, I'm sure. But yeah, I don't know who was playing Thor. I was trying to place a face. If it was a fa- someone yeah, famous yeah, yeah, to you. Yeah. yeah, he was familiar, but I couldn't because of the hair and stuff. But Matt Damon, I was, I was like... That's Matt Damon. I was laughing so hard when I realized what. Yeah. Well, who could resist that, right? You're gonna be in a Marvel movie, right? And it's a, and it's a spoof. It's a spoof on a spoof. Yeah. Right. That was a funny movie. We we, we enjoyed that. Yeah, it was right. It's totally. And, uh, my son, you know, when they uh, when Thor when Thor gets like bam, 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 and Loki stands up. Yeah, see how that feels. Stuff yeah. My kids are totally into that, so we we go to those and, and bond. It's good stuff. Cool. 